This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! So it's the first weekend after our escapades at C2E2. Yes. Are you having any post-convention letdown? No, if you mean by withdrawal, it's I don't know. There's just so much to see and all the all the neat stuff and things, and then it's kind of like my LCSs or the other ones around here just don't have all that all the books that you can see there, or the original art, or the artist. Or the writers, or but the one thing they don't have here that was there was the crowds of people. That is true. I don't know. For me, I think what I because there are other conventions, other ways you can get books. I just wish, and I was telling this to Ronnie last night, that I wish there were opportunity to maybe get the group together twice a year. No, oh, is that is that is that what prompted the whole heroes discussion? That and plus I've just heard that it's a damn good show. Yeah. And I thought, what the hell? But that's going to be difficult for a lot of people. Number one, it's only two and a half months away. <laughs> Not as much it's, time to plan. Right. It's in June, which usually means those with kids, the kids are out of school, so that makes traveling sometimes. More difficult to schedule. True. So, I don't know. I was just threw it out there as a possibility of, hey, who's maybe interested in this? Well, yeah. So, yeah, we can see. But, yeah, I heard it's it's got that big big con feel, but not the crowds. Actually, I think the crowds are better at C2E2 this year. I don't know if because that was less people or they made wider aisles. Well... All I know was Saturday it didn't feel like less people. It felt like. Well, it felt it felt well. I uh, I thought I could move around and get from place to place on Saturday easier than I could last year. Hmm. I maybe a little, but yeah, it was still. Friday is just Friday is the best day, bar none. Well, I agree. I agree. My problem is I sat there most of, well, stood there most of Saturday and a good chunk of sun, uh, I mean, Friday and a good chunk of Saturday <laughs> at the original art booths. Yes. Hold that thought because we'll come back to that. But definitely want to talk about original art. But yeah, it was, it was, I had a much more enjoyable time this year than last year. Well, I felt last year was a little overwhelming. I mean, I'd have been to a couple of Wizard Worlds and all that, but they, they it just didn't seem there was all that stuff. Last year, I think I was a little overwhelmed. This year, I kind of had a better plan for stuff, so. It was I still thought, a little little overwhelming at first, but then it's like, okay, get into your routine. Don't just wander aimlessly. You only have so much time. I felt a little bit of that overwhelming, especially when it comes to the vendors, because there are so many there. There's no way you're ever going to be able to go through every box there. So you got to just give up that thought. And You know, actually, I don't think there was as many uh, comic book vendors there as there were last year. For some reason, I feel like there was more last year. There may have been. I didn't notice closely enough. To make a cogent observation. So, but I mean, there are some people, some of the vendors you look at, and I don't know. For me, I can look and tell is this something I want to go through or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the original art, and I didn't. I went up there. And I had a couple things I was looking for, but no real plans, and I had no eye plans, no thought at all of coming across the stuff that I did. I was completely out of left field. Well, I kind of ended up at that booth 
Well, one of the booths when I first walked in, I think we walked in as a group, and then all of a sudden we all scattered, which was interesting and troublesome all in the same time. <laughs> so um, my main thing was I was trying to head to Artist Alley because I wanted to do that first, then I got hooked into that booth, got some stuff, and then made it to Artist Alley. And Artist Alley seemed bigger this year than last year. I don't know. I, I want to remember there was an A through Z last year, but... Oh, I went to walk to it, and it seemed to take forever to get through. Not that it was crowded or anything, but there was just so many, you know, from A to Z there. I don't know. I I don't think it – I didn't feel that it was larger, but there were actually fewer artists that I really wanted to see. No, I will say that. Yes, I agree. There was, there was more people there that I didn't recognize, but, you know, actually I think that's part of the charm. You're – I think part of it is that you want to go and see stuff that you haven't seen and doesn't get out there in the mainstream as much. Right. And of the people we did talk to, the conversation I enjoyed most was Ronnie took us over to see David Bipose, the writer for Spencer and Locke. Oh, that high energy guy? Yes. (laughs) Somebody's doing yard work and my dog hates Yard work? More, I hate yard work, too. Well, I do, too, but she hates the sound of yard machines, especially a leaf blower. So mm-hmm. I may have a lot of barking to edit out of this. Oh, it adds a little charm to it. Yes, but nobody wants to hear it. Nobody <laughs> really wants to. So, yeah, I mean, David, we talked to David Pipose, the author of Spencer Unlock and the forthcoming Spencer Unlock, too, and that was an exciting Mm-hmm. He's really worked up about that book. He and Jorge Santiago, the artist. Yep. And then we went over and talked to Terry Moore. And again, I, as much as I like Terry Moore, I have nothing to say. I don't know why. It's just like, I like your stuff. How many times do you hear that every day, all the time? Well, we did get talked about, we were looking, I was looking at one of his original art pages, and there was a house, a character standing about a house, and he brought up himself. Yeah, that house is based on something I drive by every day. And then he pulled out his phone, started flipping through his photographs mm-hmm. and showed me the house. And I kind of recognize the style. It's one that's fairly common along. He's from Houston era area. And it's kind of common for the um, coastal coastal area of Texas. It's kind of a house. that's a little bit raised, not a basement, but it's sort of a, under level, you know, they put lattice around the bottom so that if there is any flooding, you doesn't get right into the house. But that's neither here nor there. But that did kind of give me something to talk to him about, other than you know the standard. Oh, I, you know, I love your art and I love your writing. Mm-hmm. I know that's the mode I get into. It's kind of like you know you hear this every day. I don't have anything insightful to say. So hey, thanks for your work. I appreciate it. I enjoy it. Have a good con. Yes. Because, you know, I hear like Aaron and them always saying, yeah, I went and I to, walked up to so-and-so and I said I liked our work and we sat there and we talked for about an hour or two. And it's like, what do you talk about an hour or two? Or what You see, my, my thing is I've got this thing about talking shop. I don't like to talk work outside of work. Right. So I kind of I kind of project that onto other people. But I guess if you love what you do. Right. Well, yeah. And I think it would be somewhat silly for a comics creator to go to a convention and sit in artist alley or creator alley and say, well, yeah, but I don't want to talk about my work. That w- I mean, that's kind of what you're there for. Well, that is true. That is true. So, yeah, what can you do? I'm just a putz when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> I call it putz. But I'm the same way. It's like I'd like to have something different to talk about because yeah you just ask the same questions that they've answered hundreds, how many times hundreds of <laughs> thousands of times so. so i gotta make a strategy next year or whatever to like just you know like claremont i wouldn't mind ha- sitting there having a discussion with claremont i don't know about what but or or them so you know i saw rafer roberts and i didn't talk to him um and there's a few others uh, well, his line was long, and so was uh, Marv Wolfman's, too. So. Well, yeah. But, but the other thing, Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. The other thing, I didn't get much... There weren't nearly as many panels that interested me this year. 
You know, that was gonna be my that was gonna be my plan too Saturday, and I didn't even look to panels till maybe what was it Friday or Saturday morning. I'm looking at them, it's like, huh, none of these are interesting. I I quickly thought about the Batman 80th anniversary thing, and then my head was like, uh, you'll probably have to get in line for that two hours before it opens, and it'll probably be crowded. Right. I didn't go to that because I went to the because 15 minutes before that, I think the aftershock panel started. I can't remember now. Because I went to that, which was pretty interesting. Because Ronnie and yeah. Martin and Mike Myers, a few others were there. Travis. Yeah, that seemed pretty interesting. I just thought there'd be more people. Did it seem like more? Like, I don't know. There were people there, but they weren't going to the panels, or they didn't go to the panels I was going to. I thought the, thought the same thing, but I, I again, I didn't spend a whole lot of time up on that fourth and fifth level. Because just because there weren't any things, many things that I wanted to see. But yeah, last year it seemed like it was very crowded up there and there was always lines to get in to see the panels. And it just didn't seem that this year. But so, And that's another reason why maybe I think that Saturday wasn't as crowded. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. No, but down on the floor, yeah, it was. Because if you recall, when we came down, went to the Aftershock panel, we all were coming out and we were all in a group. Came down the escalator, and we got to the bottom, and it's just like I don't know. Every, suddenly, I turn around and I'm standing there by myself. I was like, where the hell did everybody go? Because I know Ronnie was off to the one of the beer pavilions. Yeah, I don't know what this whole fascination with beer at the Comic Con was, because it seemed like a, having a beer in your hand made it difficult to like go through stuff. Plus, it was $11 beer. That's That was my thing. I'm just too much of a cheap ass to pay that kind of money. And yeah, I know it was a 22-ounce mug, which is pretty good size, but still. still. What are you saying? 50, 50, sounds, 50 cents an ounce isn't a good deal? <laughs> Doesn't seem as like the best of deals. My problem is once I start drinking the beer like that, I'm good to that point where I got to break the seal. And then once I break the seal, I got to go about every 30 minutes. Right. I understand. I'm the same way, and I'm older than you. So, And I did not want to get into the... Well, I don't know. The bathrooms at C2E2 are strategically located in the center, and they are downstairs kind of away from the crowds, and so they're plentiful, but right. still. You just you don't want to have to hit that, that mode when there's actually a line for that. <laughs> no. Well, unlike Saturday, you don't want to be all the way across the floor, because it's right in the center, but you don't want to be out like on the, on the periphery of the floor, and then have to fight your way through that crowd, you know, you're going you're to end up with <laughs> an outcome you didn't plan on. So. True, true, true. But, but yeah, I thought, you know, I didn't think there was many comic book vendors, but I still, I think I managed to hit all the booths, you know, and did the mandatory search for Batman 457s. Right. Found a few, didn't, I uh, found a few, purchased none. And I actually think I only purchased one comic book there. I mean, well, I did purchase the Aftershock uh, red, dark red uh, C2E2 variant there. Right. But then I, I got a, I got an issue of uh, Peter Porker, the Spectacular <laughs> Spider Ham, that I had been looking for. I bought it. It was a good deal. I was doing okay on looking through boxes, and then, as you know, I got sidetracked big time because we were. You and Ronnie and I were on our walking down one aisle, and we were on our. Yeah, way. where were we going? I don't remember now. But you saw it. I didn't because I'm. I, I was looking straight ahead, get through the crowd, and you suddenly turned and pointed and said, "Jay." And I turned and looked, and my God, there it was. There's Maggie and Hopi staring me right in the face. You know, the protagonist of Jaime's Love and Rockets, and I'm like, "Son of a," because. That kind of artwork doesn't show up in the wild all that often. Mostly you're going to see it through auction houses like Heritage and maybe Sotheby's and a few others. Mm -hmm. But I walked over there and I'm just, you know, okay, I'm starting to drool a little bit. And the guy starts out, he says he has. No, 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 no. You got to go. You got to tell the story. You got to tell the story. So we're looking at it and we're going, oh, that's on the wall. So I I think I asked the question it's like or made the statement it's like well if it's on the wall it's uh if you got to ask the price you can't afford it 
And then he made some kind of comment. He made a comment, yeah, but I got a whole stack behind here. And then he brought out the stack. <laughs> so yeah, he brings out six or seven pieces. Oh, I thought there was more than that. Uh, can't there? No, it really wasn't, I don't think. It wasn't a whole book? No. Uh, he brought <laughs> out, he had a piece on the wall. He had, which was the cover. Not It actually was not a comic book cover. It was a cover that Jaime did for the Village Voice that was doing an article or something, a write-up about Love and Rockets. He had the cover art for Dicks and DDs. He had a splash page for, I think, Woe Nelly, which was a wrestling comic book. He had a splash page for one of the Penny Century books. And then four pages of art, interior of mm-hmm. Penny Century. So that's what he had, that I recall. And he brings this out, and I'm looking at it, and I'm just, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Because this is a huge bucket list item for me, original art by Jaime Hernandez. Yeah. And I can't remember. You guys hung around for a while, but I said, guys, we got to go take off. I'll catch up with you. Well, I'm trying to remember what it was we were going for. Because I had no problem looking through the art book, but we were trying to do something. Yeah. No, no. Well, I think we no, we stayed around for a while because you looked through them. And you weren't going to pull the trigger, so you went with us. Yeah, because he told we were looking for so oh, we were looking for somebody at the end of the aisle, and we got to the end of the aisle, the end of the aisle ended in at Artist Alley, and we're like, okay, they're not here. They said they were here. Yeah, I wasn't going to pull the trigger because he told me he told me the prices that he was asking, and <laughs> and the the piece on the wall, the Village Voice cover was seventy five hundred. The cover for Dicks and DDs I think was five thousand. The splash page, the wrestling splash price, Wonelli was 3500 The Penny Century was 2500 And then on the artwork, the pages, interior pages, two of them were 1500 and two of them were 1200 And I asked him, why the $300 difference on these pages? And he kind of explained, well, I think on these two here with the $1,500, there are more action. There's more artwork styles. Very subjective opinions, but I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue with that. See, I looked at it and I said, okay, a little bit beyond my budget. So, I, yeah, we walked off and came and walked away. But I had to go back. But you wandered back. I wandered back by myself this time, and I'm looking through it. And, of course, he's telling me we can package these together and I can offer you a deal. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I, one of these, I can afford <laughs> one of these at most. I can't get all of this. So I'm looking through, and it's going to be one of those two. One of those four interior pages, 1500 or 1200 that, that is absolutely the most I can spend. And I'm thinking, and I'm trying to decide, because I've, I've socked away a little bit of money. I want a new laptop computer. So I'm thinking, well, I can put that on hold for a while and use put that funds towards here. And I'm thinking about it, and he kind of makes me a little bit of an offer of a discount on one of those, one of the pages. And I'm thinking, mm, maybe. So I go through it, stand there for about 15 minutes, just looking and looking and looking. And finally, I decided I got to think about this some more. So I walked away. A second time, I've walked away. <laughs> the torture. And I go and get a soda, and I'm thinking about it. And it wasn't an $11 soda? Uh, no, 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 no. No, the sandwiches <laughs> were $11. <laughs> I think no, a guy because I just got the soda, and there was a guy buying a sandwich, I, just a regular sandwich, turkey on wheat. I think it was eleven seventy five. I'm like, that's more than a yeah, freaking beer. That's, that's why we stocked up. That's why I had my plan. I guess just to take a little bit of a uh, off the off the side here. So my whole plan was to kind of stock up on protein before heading to the show, so I wouldn't get hungry at the show and wouldn't have right. to pay those exorbitant prices. So we went to Costco and got like five dozen eggs and about five pounds of bacon. <laughs> so. We cooked up bacon and eggs every morning before heading to the show. And you know what? I never once got hungry at the show. So I didn't even, I never spent anything on food or beverage at the show. I didn't even buy a water. I just got myself all, you know, immediately before going over there and was good to go. But I digress. But no, that's a you good, got yourself your that's a good strategy. So I walk away, I'm getting the soda and now I'm thinking about it. And then I start texting my, messaging my wife, which my, my wife went with me this year. Because she was going to visit a, a friend of hers, a friend of ours, that she hasn't seen in a number of years. The woman who's a, the matron of honor at our wedding 29 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. So she's off with her doing things. And I text her, just kind of going back and forth. I said, well, I found this original artwork. It's something I've always wanted. You know, here's the price. And yeah, but I'm not thinking about it. I'm probably not going to do it. She's asking me questions. I'm not trying to ask permission from her or anything. I'm just, you know, just Yeah, you're just discussing, discussing it. it. And she goes, well, let me, can you give me a picture? So I walked back over and took a picture of it, snapshot. Sent it to her. She goes, well, that's, I like that. That would make a, you could frame that and they would. And she's the one to ask me the question. She says, well, what are the odds of you running into this again? Just walk into a con. I'm like, it's pretty damn rare. And How many cons do you walk into? Uh, three, four year. C2E2 right. and then two or three locals. They're really small. So you don't think, you, you don't think that, that artwork would pop up anywhere local then? Probably not. See, well, I because we'd already had the discussion because I think we'd already been at another OA booth, the one where I bought all my stuff, and I think we at, you asked him about it, and he said, "No, I don't have that." And we got into the discussion. They're pretty much on the, they're pretty much on the west coast, right? They don't really do anything outside of there, so you're really gonna find stuff there. So, you know, we were of the opinion, both you and I, that this stuff would not pop up anywhere unless you went to like a San Diego Comic Con, Emerald City Comic Con. Um, is WonderCon in? Is that in LA? That's Northern California, I think. Yeah, but but yeah, West Coast. That's West Coast, yeah. Yeah, West Coast though. So it's like finding anything east of the Mississippi was going to be rare. So that was our general state of mind, anyway. Because that's what we we'd already had the conversation. That's why when we were going by stuff. I was actually kind of looking for the stuff, and I was like, huh, that looks like that could be what we were talking about. And I think we were talking about it like. A half hour earlier? 45 right. minutes earlier? But like I said, I, had, I went up there with no hope of ever finding anything, 11 rockets. And here it was. So she said, well, we talked a little bit. And she said, finally told me, get the damn thing if you want it. But try to talk him down. <laughs> Something I, well, of course I'm going to do that. <laughs> so I go, I go back over there. And we ended up agreeing on a price, which was a couple of hundred less than what he was asking. So I get this piece, this one page. And now you got to figure out how to carry it around? Yes. Well, he wrapped it up in plastic. And he, and <laughs> fortunately, by this time, it was getting close to the end of the day, Friday, so I didn't have to carry it around too far. In fact, I think it was about another 10 minutes before I left the con, went back to the hotel. And so now I've got this. I'm happy. My convention, C2E2, is made. It's a success, no matter mm-hmm. what happens. And I'm also thinking, well, that's it. I've spent what I can spend. I'm not spending any more. Oh, could I have not been more wrong? Because <laughs> my the convention was over on Saturday. Was this Saturday you bought it? Or was Friday it Friday you bought it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. I remember getting the text or the Discord chat from you yeah. on it. So. Oh, yeah, but that was only the first day of the convention. So Friday, yeah, I'm done. Well, <laughs> and I didn't buy anything else at the convention on Saturday, but. So, yeah, so we go through Saturday and they go through panels, and I don't buy anything. But the other interesting story about this was that you and I had t- talked about going up to Economoa, Wisconsin, to visit the Cowabunga shop. Because you mm-hmm. and I are both clients, customers of theirs. And Eric has always seemed like a really nice guy, will do anything, always willing to, you know, let you put in your orders a little bit late. Says, I'll hold back issues if you don't want to spend anything this month. So we were going to go up there. And, of course, we tried all day Saturday to see if any of the other guys wanted to go. And we never could get anybody to give us a commitment. It was kind of like, well, maybe in no. so. And so we just finally ended up going ourselves. And that's when I was hanging out with Martin at the first original art booth I went by. Because... Uh, I'd found some stuff. Well, so so that's kind of where I went. Last year, I'd been by this booth, and I had found some. They had two Valiant books, and I'd gone through them last year. And at first, I thought I'd found some original Barry Windsor Smith pages, but they weren't. They were color proofs of Barry Windsor Smith pages, which I didn't know that thing existed until I saw those last year. And then I found out more about it this year. So, But they are... You know, for our listeners, is so the the artist has drawn it and it's been inked. So they take a copy of that, they make a copy and they give it to the colorist and they 
color it in for proofs for the printer. So that's what these were. So they'd taken, I don't know how they make copies. I don't, it's not, cause it's not a regular, like, Xerox copy or a paper copy or thing. So, cause it's a, it's much better quality than that. But they'd taken these and the colors had colored them with whatever medium, uh, pens, pencils, watercolor, whatever they used. So they, they'd used, uh, looked like markers for this of some sort. And then the nice thing on these is they didn't have the, tr- the clear transparency over them to flip back and forth. So the letter could put the, the words into word balloons and you could flip it up and down and right. over. So they all had that. And I just, I don't know, I kind of really liked them last year, but I thought they were really expensive for not being original art. But came back to the booth and they were still there. So I hemmed and hawed. Well, this is actually, that was actually the second per- purchase for me. Earlier that day, like when I, within 30 minutes of walking in, I had I was up there and I was looking at stuff and I noticed on the front they had some Macquarie prints from his concept art for the first original Star Wars and I remember listening to Sparky and Dave talking about it and I've always liked the Macquarie stuff but they were talking about some prints and how he had signed them and about like uh, you gotta look at his signature because because he was in poor health I think towards the later end of his life and he was only signing it like R. McQuarrie, where previously when his health was better, he was signing out his full name. Well, these were, one of them was a print where he had, he had signed it, and it was his full name. And so it had the artwork and the print, he'd signed it, and then it had a piece of the 70 millimeter film from the, from the scene that that was depicting. And then it had a photo from the film of, or, of the, or the image that that piece of film projected as a photo down there and it was all, you know, already framed and all that. And it was like a low number out of 2,500. So I fell in love with that and bought that. So I was looking at that. They had another McQuarrie print there. It had his, it has his reproduced signature on it, but it didn't have a signature on it, but it was a limited run of 250. So he gave me a package deal for that. So I'd bought that earlier in the day. And so then I wandered over, saw those again, hemmed and hawed on it. And, so asked him what the C2E2 special on it was. Oh, actually, no, 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 not that day. So later that night, we'd gone back, and I was talking to Martin and Travis and them, and it's like, oh, you got to come see these, because JC and I saw them last year. So you got to see these. i got to show you. So that's when we got to the show on Saturday. So I got, okay, Martin, i got to go show you this. So he's like, oh, man, that's cool. And then we started looking through all the Valiant books. It's like, that's cool. This is cool. That's cool. And then it's like we started chatting up the 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 two uh, women there working at the booth, and he was asking, "Well, do you have any of this?" "Yes." "Do you have any of this?" "Yes." And so Martin was just like a kid in a candy store. So I think you heard earlier this week on his podcast how he spent six hours there. I think that's a low ball <laughs> estimate. I think it was more than that. I mean, yeah, I think I spent four hours of that six hours with him there because we were just sitting there going through books, and we were just finding all kinds of stuff. So anyway, I asked for the C2E2 special, and he actually, what I was wanting to buy those for, he he went even below that, so it was a deal on those color proofs. And then I was going through some stuff with Martin, and then I found a full page where Sean Chen had done a bloodshot sketch. It looked like it was a commission, and somebody had sold their commission because it says to James, but it's just a beautiful piece that we thought was a cover to something, but it's it's not to any of his run. And it's this VH1 right. bloodshot, so this is the 90s. And we thought it was a cover, but it's not. But it's a beautiful piece. And Martin was going to buy it, and he was he was asking some questions. I was like, Martin, don't ask any questions, because I'm buying it. <laughs> he goes, you son of a... <laughs> but he was already putting off other stuff and everything. So um, so that's the that's my first OA purchases, with those color proofs from uh, the five, first five Barry Windsor Smith pages from Eternal Warrior number 6, VH1. And then I got this bloodshot commission that's a full body commission that's just beautiful and then i got where sear bart sears had done a turok head uh sketch and i bought that and those three things and uh peter porker about the only <laughs> thing i bought is c2e2 and the star wars right. prints because i had started out looking at that same booth and i was looking for norm brayfogel artwork which they had some well yes but it wasn't no Batman Brayfogel. It was all Prime Brayfogel. They had, yeah, it was. I think, or I thought they had one. Anyway, so I didn't really. It's not what I was looking for. So I didn't get really. And plus, at one point, 
Martin had all of that put aside. He was going to get all of it. I don't think he ended up doing it. So I'm like, well, fuck. That's like Martin's already spoken up for all of this. So. He wants he all the original art. But anyway, so yeah, I didn't spend anything else Saturday at the con, but now we decided, you know, we're going to try to. Yeah, and I wasn't expecting to spend no. anymore. <laughs> then we ended up, like I say, nobody would make a commitment. So you and I went back to your, the kind condo. I stayed, my wife and I, of course, stayed in a separate hotel. But we went back to the condo where you guys were staying. And finally just said, okay, we're going to shit or get off the pot on this. So I think it was about 4.30 we went to pick up my wife because she wanted to go. She wanted to see to make the drive. So you and me and Pam took off 4.30, 5 o'clock. Carol Bunga. And it's an over it's a two hour drive up there. Yeah, we took off later than I wanted to, but it was fine. And we get there and I'm I don't know about you, I was stunned at seeing this shop because Economoa is a tiny I think it's like fifteen thousand people. It seems it smaller does, than that. But I I checked the population. And you know, most comic shops, even in big cities, are little four hundred square foot caves that are stuck in a strip shopping mall between a Thai restaurant and a dry cleaner. Let me see this. And it's a freestanding <laughs> building and it's at least 2,500, 3,000 square feet. I'm like, this is a big shop for a little city like this. But I guess maybe what they're doing. Yeah. And it was well laid out. I mean, we go in and James was there first. Eric was coming later and I was also surprised there was not anybody there because they had we're kind of putting an event together that they'd advertise. They were going to have mm-hmm. beer. And if enough people showed up, we thought about ordering food, which didn't happen. But so, you know, he showed us around, showed us, gave us the basic tour. Yeah. It was a little yeah. bit more than the nickel tour. It was probably, probably the, the, quarter, the quarter tour. But then he showed us the room with all the dollar boxes. Yeah. And that's where I spent the next two hours. We were both going through that. <laughs> and Pam walked off. She's wandering around. So I'm thumbing through these dollar boxes, and she comes like, hey, look at this. And she holds up, and it's a Love and Rockets magazine. One of the Volume 1 magazines, the first original box. Looking at it, I'm like, uh, uh, where did you find that? She goes, oh, they're over here. I said, they're over here? <laughs> there? So she takes me over <laughs> to the, and they have this, this little freestanding rack of magazine types of even collectible old magazines, some of the horror stuff from the fifties. And there on the bottom rack, kind of pushed in the back, is a stack of eleven rockets. So yeah, I sat down on the floor and I reached in and I picked up one and it's like issue number ten. And I'm looking at it and it's in damn good shape. I mean I'd probably a very good a very good plus. No, no color breaks, you know, a little bit of dings here and there. I'm like Hell. And I reach up to get the next one. Issue 11. Same shape. Get the next one. 12, 13, 14, 15. I may, there may be one missing, but as far as I'm thinking, he had issues 9 through 49. 50. How many issues were in that first one? He's missing 1 through 8. No, there was 10 through 49. So he's missing 1 through 9 and 50. And I'm looking at these, and they're all in good shape and he's got them priced pretty well too they're all the same price even though they kind of vary in value if you look at them on um yeah well how many people in wisconsin are gonna want loving rockets that many all together i'm like i'm sitting there and i'm like shit and i'm i'm just i'm thinking okay i gotta pass on these i've already spent my money and again my wife comes and goes well what are the odds of you finding that many in that good a shape? I'm like, this is absolutely impossible. I will never run across this again. <laughs> and she just looked at me. She didn't even say anything, but she looked at me with an expression like, well, then what the hell are you hemming and hawing about? So we took a break, went upstairs, uh, to sat down, and Eric came up there and was, he, we were trying some of their Wisconsin craft beers, which I cannot remember the name of them to save my neck, but so. Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah, I think I was still going through dollar boxes. Yeah, you. Oh, yeah, you were. And I'm sitting there, and I just kind of casually mentioned to Eric, I said, "Well, I see you got Love and Rockets magazines down there." And he said, "Yeah, are you interested?" I said, 
definitely interested. So he says, well, let me go uh, see what I can do, look at him and see what we can do on a price. Because he had all kinds of, you know, he was giving us a big special for the C2E2 event. He's down, comes down back up about 10 minutes later, and he goes, all right, well, we can take, I can take 33% off. So he knocks a third off the price. And I'm like, done, I want him now. Yeah, said, uh, that was your hard nose negotiation. Skills. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's as hard nose as I get. And <laughs> so, and he took off more than I would have offered him. So, Eric, if you're listening, you could have gotten more out of me than you did. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You're happy. And what's what's the what's the price? What's the price for a happy customer? Yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic now. I'm like, now I've got three fourths or four fifths of the first volume of Love and Rockets and original artwork. I guess it, well, see, well, see, as given as much as you talked about Love and Rockets, I thought you had some of them. I didn't realize you had none of them. No, I've, all I've got well, are trade collections. I've not gotten any of the um, original magazines. I've floppies. looked. I've looked. Would you call them, them would, would you call them floppies if they're magazine size? I know. I just call them the periodical, the volume one. I've looked and I've thought about buying some, but I've never found any that are in good enough condition. For the price, so I've just never pulled the trigger mm-hmm. on. Uh, but now I was like, okay, this is it. Can't get any better than this. And he's going to ship them to me. I haven't gotten them yet, but. Uh, they're in UPS, USPS purgatory? No, I don't, most don't know if he's gotten around to shipping them yet. There's no hurry. So now I was like, okay, I'm happy. I'm happy. So. You got your Love and Rockets original artwork and you got your. Loving Rockets, four fifths of the run you really won't. So right now you just got now. How long is it going to take you to finish off that run? Well, you got like hold that thought and you talk about what your find your findings on at Cowabunga. Uh so what did I find at Cowabunga? Uh well, I really like how they got things arranged. So um, I just if I was going to open up a comic book store, this is how I would th- this. I love the the offerings they have, not from the standpoint of just comic books, and it's it was a nostalgia trip for me. So they've got your comic books, and you know they've got their dollar boxes back there, but then they got their area where it's like more of the two, three, five dollar books. So you know that's kind of organized very neat. And then they got their area of they got their wall two sided, where you know they're they're big dollar books and their case where they're displaying stuff. So those are your big boy books. And they got some going along up the wall and all that. But they also had a, um, I guess at one point, it was one of those stands where you could put, I don't know what you call it. You've seen them before. They're long and it's wooden. Right. And you can put the comic books in them like a shelf, but they're not, they're not, a, well, I don't know how else to describe it. But instead of having comic books, they had, old Dungeons and Dragons modules and books. So they had the original, they had a box set of the, uh, well, the first basic set, which is the red box set, which I think most people are familiar with. Now, this isn't advanced Dungeons and Dragons. This is Dungeons and Dragons, which is a basicer, base, more basic set. And they came in um, boxes the, that were the heat shrinked. And you kind of learned on that. And once you got these simple rules, then you could get the the rule books for the core AD&D stuff. But they had just about all the books that came with those sets free, not not within the boxes there. So you had the basic set, the expert. Um, I don't know what was after that. Master. I know the I know the last set is Immortals. When you get up to like levels twenty or 36, I think in the original D&D, the highest level you could attain was um, uh, Immortal, and that was level 36. So, but they had all the pamphlets of that, and they did have a full um, box set of the, not the blue. So the first set's like levels 1 through 3, or 1 through 5, I think. And then the next set is levels 5 through 10, and then from that it's like 11 through. So I think every box set up to a certain point were five levels. So they had whatever the third level was, like the level 10 through 15. Still in the box, it's a gold color, and you just don't really see those anymore. So that was exciting. Plus they had a lot of original um, 
the modules and such. So I was done a bunch of the Dragonlance ones, still sealed in the shrink wrap, which can be pretty pricey, and they had pretty good prices on them. There's one of those I lack having, but it's like the most expensive one <laughs> that regularly sells on eBay for a hundred or 150 bucks, because it is one of the ones where you could. Uh, so Dungeons and Dragons was based off of tabletop games, and so that's where it's got its history in. But this uh, box, this done uh, Dragonlance module, was where it had the. You got the thick cardboard, and you could pop out the parts and the components, and you actually played the armies that were involved in that. Um, crap, I can't think of what that was called. That whole exploit, the whole Dragonlance uh, saga. So to find the set where somebody hasn't punched all the card stock and everything like that is what makes it so expensive. Plus, it's like really thick. That's the only one I lack. I, there are others I got when they came out. That one I did not. But I was looking for that, and they didn't have that. So they had old Dungeons and Dragons stuff. They had all the comics, and they had them, you know, everything wasn't mixed together. You had your dollar books, you had your, you know, 5 to 10 to $20 books, and then you had your wall books. But then also up there, they had where they had complete runs of stuff, and they just saran-wrapped them together. Did you yes. see those? So it was, a, it was a run of this, 20 books all together. Here's the price. Here's a run of this, 20 bucks. Here's a run of this. And it was all organized like that. And they still they had magic cards and Yu-Gi-Oh! and all that other stuff. But the way they just had their comics organized was just... It was just awesome because you could just go to what you were looking for, and it was and it, and it was a big selection of it. It wasn't like oh, there's one box of five dollar books. No, I don't know how many long boxes it was, but they just had a you know, twenty, thirty, maybe, maybe more. Plus, they had the DC hundred page giants. Yes. So, you know, they'd had those and put them up there. So those uh, the Walmart exclusive ones, they'd went to Walmart, purchased them, and they had them up there for if you if you needed those, then there they were. Yeah, it was easily one of the best design, best laid out comic book shops I've ever been in. Yeah, and there was plenty of room. It wasn't like it was crowded and you felt like you were going to bump into the Exactly. Anything. Like I say, most shops, you go in and they're just little dinky closets. And, yeah, if you want to look at a long box, you guys got to pull it out. And then it, you're crowded up between some rack or something. Yeah, and, yeah, you feel like you, you're just intruding. But, yeah, the, you can spend... I could spend de- hours and days going through some of the stuff in there. Yeah, I know. I think next year, if I go to C2E2, I might come up a day early so I can go up there and spend the whole day. I'll go with you because that was well worth But what I was going through for the dollar book... All right, technical difficulties there. Actually, it wasn't really technical difficulties. It was me and my exuberance to go pull my little short box of stuff I got from Cowabunga. I unplugged my I unplugged my headphones from the computer, and then when I went to plug it back in, for some reason the program wouldn't recognize the microphone and headset anymore. So it is what it is. So anyway, to continue on, so what did I get at Cowabunga? So I got some dynamite uh, ratio variants, which say had a very good price for Sheena and, and uh, Vampirella. But it was like the dollar bins and some of the other bins that I really scored on. So um, I've been really—I didn't read New Mutants when it first came out, so I got like issues one through ten, I think, and they had those very fairly priced. Um, I've been also wanting to collect uh, Marvel Tales from issues like 200 to like 235 or something. The first half of those is reprints of Punisher. Uh, comics, but they're got new covers drawn by Zek. And for the second half, they're retelling of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man stories, but they got new covers by McFarlane. So, um, I'm mostly collecting those for the covers because mostly for the McFarlane covers, because why not? Uh, what else did I get? I got an issue of Sandman, and I'm looking, I'm trying to do a run of Sandman, so they had issue 10. Um, so there's only about four or five issues of Sandman I need now. Uh, what else? Oh, there's some of the new mutants. There's the new mutants that I bought. But what was really I was having fun with, and this is in the dollar boxes, is they had gotten a bunch of... It must have been recent. Somebody sold a Valiant collection, 
And so they had a lot of the Valiant Acclaim books that I've been looking for. So they had the last two issues of the Eternal Warriors that I needed. Um, I know I needed some of the Turok, but I couldn't remember which one it was. But for a dollar, I went ahead and just got them all. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, there was some Wonder Woman from Burn there that I got, uh, mostly because they had the first appearance of the new Wonder Girl from Wonder Comics in there. Tassie Sandmark. Nice. Uh, uh, I found some of the DC Universe logoed Superman books. Oh. Uh, I got a... Back when Malibu Comics came out, the first issues of every series um, had a full hologram cover, so they had one of those there for hard case. So I got that full hologram, 90s hologram cover which those were done very well. Indeed, so, they were. Uh, oh, I found a Unity 2000 preview from the Acclaim stuff on the last um, VH1. I don't call. I don't count the Acclaim stuff as VH1, but <laughs> um, but you know, one of the, one of those you just don't see it. Uh, I found three or four issues. There's a po- there's one Poison Elves book I need. And it's in the mid-50s, and I, I didn't have it written down anywhere, and I couldn't remember where it was, but they had issues 52 through 54. Uh, so I just got them all, because who doesn't want more Poison Elves? Of course. And that was interesting, because when we were cashing out, and you were showing that to me, it gave me the opportunity to get on my phone and duck, duck go the Purple Marauder and show him to my wife. She's never seen that character. So. <laughs> so uh I got some I got the the VH1 last issues of Eternal Warrior, uh the Wings of Justice and the two issue Fist and Steel. I think those are rare and they had them there for a dollar. I also picked up another copy of Eternal Warrior VH1 number issue 6 because I wanted something to go with the color paid the color proofs that I bought. So that's the issue the color proofs are from. Uh, I'm also looking actively to collect the 28 issues that came out in, for the 25th anniversary of Marvel. And so all the issues that came out that month, they all had, um, they had this frame of the characters around a headshot. And some of those are hard to find. So they had the Marvel Tales versions of those. Uh, and I found an Ivory Exo Manowar number zero chromium version. And I found the trade paperback for Warriors of Plasm, which I have never seen before. Wow. Very nice. Well, that was, that was all the dollar books. And then some, uh, and some of the variants and everything. So yeah, I got, I had a big stack there. So they gave me like, it ended up being about like half a short box. So they just gave me a short box and I put the books in there with everything else. a good time was had. Uh, did you mention, because you found something for Ronnie as well. Oh, yes. So they, Ronnie, I guess, had some issues in the past, and he kind of lost a bunch of his 90s stuff that he'd slowly been accumulating. But one of the things he hasn't been able to find was a black, was the Superman 75 still polybag, the death of Superman, the, the black polybag. Well, you can find them at conventions, but everybody's wanting an arm and a leg on them. So they had one for like five bucks there at Cowabunga, so... I, you know, it was was it in perfect mint shape? No, I've seen worse going for more. So they had it for five bucks. So I bought it for the Ronnie, for the Baron, so he could, uh, uh you know, have a death of Superman, even though he knows he comes back later. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yes, he yeah, should have come with us, Ronnie. You'd have had a better time, I think. But anyway. Oh man, and there was just so much we didn't even get to go through. I know. I'll say, I'm thinking next year. Either go a day early or, hell, just completely punt the convention on Saturday and just go up and spend the whole day Saturday at Cowabunga. Well, I mean, it depends on what the um, what the panels were. The panels weren't anything this oh, year. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, But no, 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 it was a good time. And, you know, I, I, I got more comics there than I did at the convention. And I had a better – and I had a fun time. And the beers weren't 11 bucks. No, the beers were nothing. Or courtesy of Eric – and, Cal- and James at Cowabunga Comics. Oh my gosh, I'm starting to sound like a commercial here. Are you now? I don't know. <laughs> hey, we bought we bought we we bought enough comics to pay for those. Beers. Yes, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> that is true. But 
So, so hats off to them. That was that was a great trip, and I I want to go up there again. They did mention like coming up there early, and there's like beds and breakfasts, and bring the wives, and they can go do whatever else you do around there, and we can go to the comic book store. Yes, and my wife even had something in common with Eric because I were when I before we left. I told her, I said, well, we're going up to this comic book shop in Economoa, Wisconsin. And she works for a managed mental health care company. She's social work of mental health care. And she goes, oh, yeah, there's a there's a pretty big psychiatric facility there in Economoa that she's dealt with. So, yeah, we she brought that up. And it turns out Eric's wife works there. She helped, I think, design the teenage eating disorder program there or something like that. I can't remember exactly. So if you're listening, Eric, forgive me for that. Mm-hmm. Well, she was able to have a conversation with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then we talked a lot of stuff, comic, comic industry and things and oh, just had a good old time. And then we had to make the two hour drive back. Yes, and we didn't get back till nearly 1 a.m. I was totally exhausted by that. Well, I was awake because I was frustrated with those toll booths. <laughs> I ended up, it ended up taking me two days to pay for that toll, and I was about to say their site is whacked, but the state of Illinois, so they give an address. So, so anyway, just just our only snafu in the whole trip. So we, you know, you got to pay the toll up, and if you got one of those automated ones, it's all easy. But if you're not from that area and they've got one specialized for that, you don't have a a a, a pass. So I pull into the cash only, so it's unintended. So I'm like, okay, I'll put in the cash. Well, the machine wasn't taking dollar bills. And so by the time I figured out it wasn't taking dollar bills and I was feeding it coins, finally the machine said, just give it up, pay it online. Yeah. Oh, that was frustrating. <laughs> I, yeah, I got like a dollar seventy-five in coins in because I keep enough change in my car to do it. You just got to go through it. So I had a dollar seventy-five into the toll machine and it decided, you've taken enough time. Here's the receipt. It tells you how to pay it. Go pay it online. Yeah. So anyway, so it gives you an address to go pay it online. But somehow somebody has gone and they've redirected it. So you type it in, and it redirects you to this page that's not the Illinois toll page. And then when you click on the stuff, it sends you to, like you say, pay the toll. It sends you to where a search engine has looked up for stuff of all the different ways to pay tolls online. And I was getting frustrated, and it took me a little while to figure it out. And I'm pretty, I like to think I'm pretty tech savvy, but it took me a little bit to figure out that somebody was redirecting stuff around. So I finally got around. And went on to the website, which still isn't the easiest thing to use to pay the toll, because it's assuming you know your way around there. And if you're not a local, you don't know your way around. Right. Right. So I ended up getting on there and getting the toll paid, but it took like two days. It wasn't the easiest thing. So just be aware, if you're going to Chicago up there, (laughs) there's a few tolls to pay. Yes. And I was a little bit shocked that they still had kind of antiquated technology on that. Because the way things they've done everything, all the toll roads here in Texas, number one, there's not one attended, human attended booth left in the state. Nor is there anything where you feed in coins. If you go through and you don't have a toll tag, then it just snapshots your license plate, looks you up on the registry, sends you and mails you a statement that you have to pay. And you can either pay it online or so, yeah, there would have been none of that. You even have to stop. You just drive on through. And yeah. Then if you don't pay it. That would have been nice. That would have been nice, yes. But So, anyway. So, then we get to Sunday. Now, Sunday is the day that my wife went to me with the con. She wanted to see the cosplay and look around. And so, this is this is her day, you know, for her. So, I'm everything's going to be doing for her. I'm not buying another thing. I've already... Spent more than I should have. <laughs> <laughs> so first thing we went to, we went to see. She wanted to see. There's this artist, Princess Etch, who does artwork on Etch a Sketch, which is pretty incredible. The thing I wanted to ask her because you can go out to her website and order some of her artwork, and she'll mail it to you. But I'm like, how do? You, how's that gonna get? Because all you have to do is turn the damn thing over, and it's it's obliterated. Yeah, you shake it, and then it's no longer and, and there. My gosh, if it's going through the U.S. mail, it's going to get shaken. So I, Anyway, so we go to that. Then we go over to the cosplay, and we swing around, and I'm messaging with Dewan. He goes, well, who's who's with you? Because she wanted to meet some of the guys, as many as she could. 
because he hears me talking about them all the time. So we swung around and met up, and there was Dewan, Martin, Travis. I think that was it. I can't remember. Was Martin still buying original art? No, he well, he had just bought, I think, uh, some stuff. And he'd stopped drinking because he had to drive back starting that afternoon. So <laughs> The only time I saw him with an empty beer glass the whole damn weekend. So we're talking, and we're talking. So, but that, that that beer was keto, right? It was definitely keto beer. <laughs> um, so we're talking, and Travis says, man, I hear you made out. Loving Rockets wise at Calmonga. Oh, you don't even know the half of it. And he points over to a booth to one of the vendors, one that I didn't go to, and it's not the 50 feet away. He goes, We were just over there. The guy's got a bunch of Loving Rockets magazines. And I'm like, Son of a bitch, don't tell me a... that. I don't need. <laughs> well, I, of course, I got to go over there. Got to go. And I look over there and find, and like I say, so far as I know, but Eric had, and I may have missed one, but he had issues 10 through 49. There may be one missing in there that I, I didn't see. So I'll say, okay. So I'm looking through, and he's got, I'll go over there and say, what have you got in Love and Rockets? He goes, well, there's one thing over here and just in the $5 box. I reach in there and I pull up. It's issue 50. So I said, okay. Getting, it's not bagged. It's not even bagged or board. It's just a raw, but it's in good, pretty good shape. So I'm like, I'm getting it. So then he goes, well, here's my other stuff that's in bags. And it's in pretty good stuff, in pretty good bags. And I flip through and I look through and there's issue number one. Second, Second print. print. Yeah, it's not this valuable. But it's, it's got it at $20, which is pretty close to, I mean, maybe a little bit more than what you pay for. And he's got issue two, three, four, five, not six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> and some others as well, but I already got them. And I total this up and I'm like, and I'm, and so then I pull out my phone and go to, you know, comics price guy. Cause I want to find out what these are. So I look up, I take the time and I look up each issue. <laughs> Pam gets bored and she goes over to the sci-fi wire booth and sits down. So I'm sitting there. So I spent the next 45 minutes going through looking at all the prices and, and yeah, <laughs> most of what he had is a little, um, somewhat overpriced. Some of them are not. So, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, what am I going to? See what he's going to do for me. And again, I'm thinking I'm not going to get all these. I might get the first issue just because that's the hardest one to find. And this is in good shape. I mean, it's most of them are a little. So I'm trying to decide which ones I'm going to get, which ones I'm going to walk away from. So I ask him, what's what's the C2E2 special on this? He goes, well, these are these are the early issues, and they're usually. I mean, I don't have backup copies of them, which to me shouldn't make a damn bit of difference on the on price of whether you've got another copy of it or not. But what do I know? Yeah. So anyway, he he quotes me a price, and it's still probably a little more than what they're actually, you know, if you look at what they're what they're going for. Because I'm I'm estimating, I'm really estimating the grades on this because it it's you know it's no way of being able to tell for sure. So I asked, well, will you, will you take this X price? And he goes, no. And he goes, but okay. And then he comes back with a counter offer, which is pretty close. Maybe still just a slight bit above, but not exorbitant. Not like a lot of most of the stuff there at C2E. So finally, I just said, oh, to hell with it. And yeah, I got those. So you only like one issue, and you can't start reading One it. or maybe two. And you can't start reading them until you get all the issues? Well, no, I can't. <laughs> well, I've read all that stuff anyway in collected forms. I just have It's been years I've gone back and read some of that early stuff. But yeah, but. So yeah, I, I came out, I came home, I've got either 48 or 49 of the 50 issues of Volume 1 of Love and Rockets, which ran from 1982 to 1996. I was thinking this is going to take me several years to get to do that, to find ones that are in good shape. And it took a weekend? Took Yeah, two days. <laughs> Plus original artwork. So I'm, I was like, I, there's an old saying you know, about falling ass backwards into good luck, and I, I kind of did on this. Because I had no clue of this, I'd find this stuff. It's certainly no intention of finding it. It was yeah. so. Yeah, but isn't part of the fun of the chase is finding an issue here, finding an issue there, and building it up over time? Yeah, but there was no way I could pass up the Calabunga stuff because I, <laughs> and I, there was not that many. Every one of them was in good shape. I'm not talking about 
some dogs and some good ones. I mean, every single one of them was in better shape than I was figuring I was going to find. So there's no way I was passing those, especially the price that Eric gave me. It's like, no, that was, that was a no brainer. The one Sunday, yeah, I probably could have walked away and I said, to hell with it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to the show Sunday. I think, uh, I got up and Ronnie rode, uh, with me. We were back to Missouri Sunday. Yep. So all in all, a fun show. I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh yeah, I hell I had a good time. The only bad thing about it, the only bad thing about it was if you, the condo we were at, you had to love stairs. Oh my gosh, yes, and those are steep stairs too. This <laughs> that was a building probably from the. It's been renovated, but it's probably from the. I'm guessing 20s or 30s. Yeah, it was originally built. So yeah. Well, it was the it, it was the penthouse. Yeah. It was a good time, and I enjoyed hanging out with you guys Thursday night and Friday night. Oh yeah, you, you didn't go. You didn't go over there Sunday. No. Oh yeah, I had a flight to catch. So how was the adventure in catching the flight? <sighs> Wasn't as bad as I thought because yeah, the weather's been pretty moderate the whole weekend. Certainly, it was warmer than it was last year. But we start leaving the con about four thirty, and I've forgotten that it closes at five on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, we walk out, and there's a little restaurant cafe right at one of the hotels that connects us to the McCormick Center. We come out and it's raining. Light rain, but still raining. I'm like, crap. This this is probably going to... Um, yeah, Friday and Saturday it was sunny and blue skies. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, now I've got to go to the airport and fly out in the rain. And then I check my weather app for Dallas and they're saying thunderstorm warnings running till 1 a.m. So now I'm thinking, okay, it could be thunderstorms back in Dallas. So there's no, this could be a long night. Or we can even get redirected to have to go somewhere else. But we ended up making it to the airport and the flight out was on time. We got back about our scheduled time, although coming in the last about 15 minutes, we had some pretty good turbulence because of the weather, but mm-hmm. nothing. I've had worse. So, yeah, I got home about 11.30 Sunday night. No, that's not too bad. I think I got back. Uh, I ran into thunderstorms in St. Louis after dropping in the route to dropping uh, Ronnie off. Um, So I think I was back home about 5 p.m. Not bad. Nope. So, again, fun weekend. Many comics were purchased. Original art was purchased. First time buying original art. So I'm quite happy with it. I'm going to have to look through some more of it. And the guy's got a great website. Have you been to his website? Well, you bought yours at a different place than mine. Right. So. Yeah, no, it's, I don't I don't know if I had a website or not. Oh, yeah, he did, because he was talking about it. So I have to go back and look at see what else he's got. Mm-hmm. So I guess that means we've got the bug, and we're going to be buying original art from now on. Or seriously considering it. I mean, I was looking at some stuff there that had some great prices on it for what it was. Or what I considered it was to me. Actually, this is something I've been kind of considering in a while. It's like cutting way back on what I'm spending on collecting comics and buying comics and start channeling some of that into original art because it's a little more unique. I think it holds its value better. That's a concern. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, now I've got Jaime's original art, so now i got to get a, some original art by Gilbert. Even though I, I don't consider him a, as good an artist as Jaime, but I gotta have it. I just gotta have it. <laughs> so, and some Brave Vogel when I get, can get a chance. But yeah, but yes. I bet that Batman Brave Vogel costs a lot more than that Prime Brave Vogel. Probably does. No doubt that it does. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm getting the original art bug. Definitely, that's gonna be a rabbit hole. I can foresee myself trying to go down. But like you said, I think original art appreciates. While comics can, it may, it may not appreciate, but the original art should. Right. And it just, it looks good being displayed. Yeah, you can hang comics on the wall and they look good. But Mm -hmm. to me, I'd rather see some original artwork. Especially if I can get it signed. Yeah. It's good stuff. Getting signatures, you said that you never see artwork, not on the West Coast. Uh, Jaime almost 
rarely ventures out of California. So yeah, he's not he's not he doesn't make the con circuit very much. So the odds of finding him, I think he went to Heroes Con two or three years ago, and then he goes to that whatever that one is in Denver. He was there a couple of years ago because uh, Justin got something for me, a signed copy of a variant of Love and Rockets that he sent to me. All in all, yes, a very enjoyable, successful C2E2. So next year is going to be even better. Yes. And next year, though, they're moving it up even earlier, February 28th. Yeah, there'll probably be snow on the ground. Yes, it'll be right in the middle of winter. It's not going to deter me from going, but it's definitely going to make planning. Well, see, I usually drive up, and that almost makes it to where, you know, that time of year you want to, well, I don't know. Would you rather drive or fly? The flight might be delayed. But you, I guess you'd rather do that than get stuck in a in the snow somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. But driving is really not an option for me unless I had three days. Well, yeah, yes, yes. To do or because it take it would take at least two days for me. Because one day would be just getting to about where you are, St. Louis area, and then the next day going. Last year I looked at see what the bus or no the train Amtrak train. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's yeah. there a train. Oh yeah, there's a, you can take the Amtrak train up there. It's 24 hours. Woo! And I'm not talking about being in a berth. I'm talking about being in just in a seat for 24 hours. Yeah, you can get up and walk around. You can go to the bar, car, or dining. But still, I'm like, <laughs> no. If I had to, no, I, I'd be in traction by the time I got there. I'd be so sore and stiff, I couldn't do anything. Hmm. Well, I might consider it. I might consider the train next year. I don't think Ronnie's ever going to take the train again. <laughs> the problem with the train was the blizzard that hit. <laughs> and that was in, well, that was in April of last. No, yeah, yeah. I think that was in April of last year. It was, <laughs> last year was the first weekend of April, and they moved it up two weeks because of another something else convention that's going to be celebration. Star and Wars now celebration. Now they're moving it up another three weeks. So that was a little surprising to me. February. Well, part of it is because this is, I think, because talking, there's like several in a row. Like, so last weekend was C2E2. This weekend is Planet Comic Con in Kansas City. And I think there's one in the Dallas area next weekend. So I think they're moving them up to kind of get some difference between all these, especially between C2E2 and Planet Comic Con. Because right. Planet Comic Con's getting bigger and bigger. Seems to be, just from what Ronnie says. So. I can see you spreading it out because it's tough going to one con one weekend and another con the next week and another con the next weekend. Yeah. And, you know, at least we have a choice. But if you're an artist or a creator, then you that's where you got to go and make your uh, bread and butter is hitting these cons. Right. Exactly. So I can see you spreading them out. Most assuredly. So. Well, I think we've exhausted this subject pretty well. Well, it's our C2E2 recap, kind of, so. Yes. With a little cowabunga thrown in. And some original artwork. Talk. All right, so if you want to talk any of those subjects, you can hit me up on the Twitter, because I did get a Twitter lesson this weekend that I didn't get last year, so I think I'm figuring it out. So yeah, I'm, at, yeah. I'm at the Oot Inger. I'm at Jay Forgets, or you can tweet the show directly at BOTR Comics. And that's a wrap. Mm-hmm.